What if I told you the first step to your next step is right at your fingertips? What are your strengths? How many of you have really spent the time to understand your disc profile, your Enneagram, your strengths finders, your working genius, your Myers-Briggs? Help, which one do I pick? Don't miss today's episode, and let's talk about figuring out what your strengths are, Thrivers. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Thriving Equine Professional. Are you wondering how to make connections to build a career in the equine industry? Not sure where to look for the support you'll need to land a dream job? Maybe you're feeling frustrated or stuck. Hey, I'm Jody. I was that girl with no clue how to navigate landing a great career in animal health, but I knew this is where I wanted to be. I look back and cannot believe the roles I've landed and the people I call friends. Inside this podcast, you will meet key connections, build your career confidence, and find the advice you may not know you need. So if you're ready to grow your career and thrive in a job that you are passionate about, you're in the right place. Get the ponies fed and fill those water buckets. It's time to grow, girl. Welcome back, Thrivers. This week, I want to talk about that question we all get asked whether it's in an interview or with other people in a professional setting or even personally, what are your strengths? And sometimes to make that question even more difficult, we are asked, what are your strengths? And then what are your weaknesses? I don't love the word weakness. I love to talk about development or opportunities or whatever that might look like. But I wanted to dive in today to our opportunity to really understand our strengths and be able to answer that question, but take it a step further and be able to really utilize the information that we can learn about ourselves to become our better selves, to become more effective, to do, to learn, to apply those strengths. So I went digging through my files. I think that I have probably told this story in a previous episode, but when I was first hired at Zoetis, it is a comical story to tell in hindsight about that interview and how I was perceived by the interviewers when I first walked in the door. And to say the least, I can have a lot of energy and And uh, that sometimes can be a little bit overwhelming to some people. So I look back and I tell that story because in the end, I did earn the job. And when I went back and asked why, the immediate answer was, Jody, you were the best listener. And my friends, if you haven't heard me say it before, I was not born a great listener. 
As a matter of fact, I'm quite sure I spent more than half of my life being a fairly poor listener. And we talk now about being an active listener versus listening to answer the question or answer the what is being discussed. And so really working on my listening skills is, you know, the first example that I had of me taking ownership of not only my strengths, but my development opportunities to become more effective, both personally and professionally. I mean, let's face it, listening and communication is the foundational skill to all of our relationships and our connections and our collaborations and our success, ultimately. So I wanted to dive in today to... What I found in my files is that I have taken over the years five different personality or behavioral type assessments. And you all have probably in previous episodes heard me mention DISC. That that remains my number one. But I wanted to unpack these because, friends, if you have not taken any kind of an assessment to really look more in depth at what your true strengths are, I will encourage you today to do so. And these are all pretty easy to do. So I wanted to unpack some of the examples that I have. And the first one is DISC. And DISC is a behavioral assessment that is based on four basic styles. Now, we take that even further. There can be three regions within each of those four basic styles that give us a little bit more narrow scope of our naturally inclined behavior. This assessment is pretty lengthy. The real reason for me, friends, that this is my favorite is because it not only gives you really in-depth information on what drives you, what your workplace priorities and motivators are, but it takes it a step further and there's really quality information on working with other styles, collaborating, building better relationships, and true strategies to be more effective when we are aware of our own style and able to recognize different styles in others. For instance, with DISC, I am a DI. I'm active, ambitious, bold, adventurous. I'm a connector. Uh, Things that I value would be freedom and who I get to choose who and how to spend my time. Things that challenge Jody. I am challenged by being a little impatient, and I don't like rules. Shocker, I know. Uh, I can be proactive in conflict, candid, and direct, which can be challenging to other behavioral styles. I say all this to say that the more I am aware of what my strengths are, what my perceived behaviors are, especially in groups that I work with and interact with on a daily basis, the more effective I can become and really take inventory on how I am seen, how I want to be seen, and how I want to move around, maybe in my organization, within the industry, what types of roles am I going to thrive in, 
where would I like to be? So it takes some of that focus off of comparing myself to other people and really allows me to look at who I am and where I can best contribute to gain the most fulfillment. So when I was with Zoetis, we relied pretty heavily on DISC, and so we came back to that often. I actually went with a friend of mine. We both became certified as facilitators in 2017. So I have continued to utilize DISC not only for myself, but to help other organizations, many of my customers, really work through the DISC model and how that can benefit us in a workplace. So that's probably my favorite. If anyone is interested in learning more about DISC, I can certainly be that person. I do utilize that in my coaching and really kind of evaluating who you are and what that means to where you are going and where you want to go. So for me, that's DISC. That assessment is 20 plus pages long and is just rich with really valuable insights and direction. And then I'll jump over really to my second favorite, if you will. Those of you who are connected with me on LinkedIn have seen some of my posts around I still call it Strengths Finders, and it is now Clifton Strengths. But there is a book that goes along with that. The assessment isn't quite as long. Uh, the primary question behind Clifton Strengths is what makes you stand out? What makes you stand out? So for me, there are five top themes as they refer to them. Those being futuristic, competition, activator, maximizer, and strategic. And so three of my top five are in the influencing category and two are in strategic thinking. Again, when I look through these, when I really dive in and start to understand what this type of assessment is saying about me, about me as a leader, about me as an employee, about me in the workplace, those are really important understandings to have about what our contributions can be. Now, like I mentioned, Strengths Finders is a little bit of a shorter assessment, but there is a book that goes along with that. So I think that it can provide some really valuable insights. For me, what it's missing in comparison to DISC, if you want to compare, and I don't think they need to be, is that I go back to DISC really to understand how I can better interact with others. So that's the magic of DISC for me is those effectiveness, collaboration, and understanding of styles that are not like me. So that's really kind of the top two that I lean on. There are some really great information uh, and takeaways as it relates to the Clifton Strengths, and they're very easily accessible. That was one that I did not work with a coach on, but I got online, took the assessment, read the book, and still utilize that pretty regularly. So I will also say when when I talk about DISC and I talk about Clifton Strengths. Friends, I have used those two models and the the personalization to me 
in order to gain my last couple of roles. So when I was looking for advancement in my career, when I was moving from a field role to a national role, this was part of my presentation. It was part of my pitch. And that wasn't requested. I didn't work this into my resume. I worked it into a proposal that I shared with the key decision makers of that role. I am convinced that those are the kinds of differentiators that get you the job you think you want, that get you an interview, that get you a lunch or a coffee with someone who is going to influence that decision. So I don't want that to be lost on you because, again, that disc for me since about 2013, I've taken multiple assessments of that. Strengths finders, my most recent was 2019. Those are tools that when leveraged well can really earn you a great deal of professional connection and advancement. So those are my are my two favorites. And then more recently, I don't think that we can listen to podcasts or, you know, have some of these professional conversations without hearing about the Enneagram. And so for me, I might have been a little bit late to the Enneagram table, but I took that assessment early in 2022. What I learned from the Enneagram is that type three, I'm an achiever. Again, I get so similar feedback on most of the assessments. And so it's not that you have to go out and do two, three, four, five, however many. It is really just committing to doing one or two and understanding it, learning about it and applying it to your life, your work and who you are. So I have yet to learn a lot more about the Enneagram. I know that there are nine types. I have the assessment with kind of that um, mind map, if you will. And so I'm a type three, which is the achiever, hardworking, competitive, highly focused. There are wings along with that. My wings are not only am I an achiever at the core of me, but I'm also the enthusiast and the challenger. All of these things made sense to me, but I do feel that with the Enneagram, I would really need to work with a coach or someone who is uh, very knowledgeable about the Enneagram model to better understand how to utilize that information. With the assessment that I got back, I didn't find that there was enough information on how to leverage that type and who I am and what it says about me because I want to be able to take that information and apply it to who I am and what my purpose and mission are in my life. So how can I use that I am a type three with eight W7 wings to be a better Jody, to be a better coach, speaker, and utilize that to uh, further my mission and purpose in life. So the Enneagram is something that I could learn more about. If you all are interested in that, I do know uh, at least one person who is an expert at the Enneagram, and that is one that I'm more than happy to uh, connect you with someone who may be able to help if you have interest in that area. 
And then number four for me is pretty new. I only learned about the working genius model last year and a very good friend and mentor of mine uh, is, is now facilitating working genius. So I, again, have a connection. It is not something I am expert in, but I have an interest. And the first, you know, the first page of working genius as you read that assessment is that there are six different types of talents or genius that each of us has. It is your God-given talents. So that really intrigued me that we are focused on discovering the gifts that each of us bring to the workplace. And that's probably a a good time to point out that that could also be one of the reasons that my my favorite assessments are oftentimes work-based focus. DISC is a workplace focus. Strengths finders, you don't see that language as much, but certainly the six types of working genius is uh, really focused on who we are as contributors, like what we want to contribute to this life as we live it. And so with working genius, Overall, there's six types, right? So I said there's six types of working genius that each of us, for each of us, there are two types of working genius. Two of these types will be working competencies and two of these types will be working frustrations. So of the six types, we have two areas of genius, two areas of competency and two areas of frustration. Those six areas, which again, I think, requires some studying, but those six areas are wonder, discernment, enablement, invention, galvanizing, and tenacity. For me, my working genius are galvanizing, inspiring others to take action, and discernment, my intuition and instincts for ideas and plans. So again, all very interesting, and this is one that I should take some additional time to work with my mentor and dig in and really understand how can I apply that to what I'm doing today? How do I apply that working genius of galvanizing and discernment and understand that my competencies lie in tenacity and invention, but my frustrations are enablement and wonder. And so there's a lot to learn there, some things to unpack and start to recognize about my daily tasks, right? So now in my daily life, as the owner of Jody Speaks Life, I'm doing all of these things. And so it would be pretty simple for me to really start to pay attention to what brings me joy and satisfaction and what brings me frustration. I already know what many of those things are. So at the end of the day, the working genius assessment has named me an intuitive activator. Now I can go back and say, guess what? One of my top five strengths with strength finders is activator. One of the first descriptors in my DISC assessment is active or ambitious. And so I see the themes and that also lets me know maybe I'm not lying when I when I take these assessments. I'm being pretty honest about who I am. But 
I think it's just really important that we start to understand whether or not, my friends, you are a student looking at the student to professional transition, or you are early in your career just trying to figure out what direction you're going to go, or maybe you're somewhere in the middle of your career and you're feeling a little bit flat or a little stuck. I'm going to encourage us to get to know ourselves a little bit better. Take the time, make the investment, and understand who we are. Because by understanding who we are, we are able to leverage those strengths. We are able to recognize the opportunities that we have for development and recognize what we are going to be naturally good at and some of the tasks that are going to frustrate us that perhaps we have the opportunity to avoid in today's variable and versatile workplace. And finally, I I don't think you can have a conversation about these types of assessments and tools without mentioning the Myers and Briggs personality test. Oftentimes when I talk about DISC, it is a natural conversation if someone is not familiar with that model for them to be like, is that like Myers-Briggs? Well, it is, but it isn't. Myers-Briggs is very clear that they are a personality test. And I prefer the more behavioral model assessments rather than personality. I think that Myers and Briggs has a place. And uh, again, it gives me pretty decent feedback that I'm a natural born leader aspiring others to do and to achieve and that I am only 2% of the population. And so there, there are some insights there. I am an ENFJ for those wondering. But at the end of the day, the Myers and Briggs leaves me Um, a little bit less interested, less engaged would be maybe the better word. And so I don't get as much from that assessment as I do from the others. So in my opinion, Again, I'm a huge fan of the DISC model. StrengthsFinders is is a tremendous tool. And then the Enneagram, pretty new. uh, and, And the Working Genius, very new. I say all of this, my friends, to say what I want you to do is choose an assessment. I would love to encourage you to do an assessment and then spend time understanding the results and really taking in what those results read back to you. And then I'm going to take it a step further. I want to encourage you to share those results with other people. And so whether it's the people that are closest to you and perhaps you encourage them to do the same assessment so that you have some comparison, whether it is with people that you work with or with your manager, the minute that you decide to invest in yourself outside of the expectation of the organization that you work with, you are automatically setting yourself up as a true leader in that organization and on your team. That applies as well if you are still a student or very early in your career. If you are applying for jobs and you are able to incorporate the language and the knowledge of your strengths from one or more of these assessments in your interview process, that's a 
a huge differentiator, and we know that. I would encourage you to consider working with a coach. We've been talking about that over the past couple of episodes. And for me, that is really a game changer when you are looking to advance yourself personally and professionally. If you are interested in working through DISC, I might be that person for you. So don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, I utilize that in my career success coaching And I want all of my clients to take the DISC assessment, and I think that it gives us a great deal of foundation to work with in the clarity and confidence of your direction. And then we are really able to focus on what connections you need to achieve the mission that you are trying to achieve. So number one, choose an assessment Number two, spend some time understanding those results. Number three, share the results with others and look for a coach, a manager, or mentor to really move through, understand, and maximize your strengths. And finally, I'll encourage you to build on them, use them, discuss them. I explained, right, that that is what really helped me to land my last role. It is what gives me some of the confidence that I need to continue on this path of encouraging you to pursue these amazing careers in equine and animal health because I want you to go and do. I want you to keep learning, and then I want you to apply what you learn in order to achieve and succeed. So I wanted to kind of bring you the breakdown of those professional development opportunities and the encouragement that I have for you to make that very minimal investment in order to gain some of that very valuable feedback and then make the investment of your time to find someone or a group of people to work through that information in order to really leverage and maximize it. So with that, Thrivers, uh, if you've got questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You know that you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Jody Lynch Findlay on LinkedIn, or the Thriving Equine Professional Group that we will continue making more active uh, as part of this podcast community. And finally, if you are looking for a career success coach, if you are looking for a speaker for your organization or your team, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. With that, have an amazing and awesome day, Thrivers, and I'll see you back here same time next week. Cheers. Hey, Thriver. I hope this episode inspired and empowered you to keep growing. If so, I'd be so grateful if you hit that share button and send it to your tribe so they can thrive too. And while you're there, please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so everyone can find the show. I love to know what keeps you listening, especially if I'm at the barn with you. I'll meet you back here same time next week. Cheers, Jody.